Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. A great battle foretold in Ezekiel will be epic both in scale and outcome. A huge army marches to destroy tiny Israel, and God destroys them, leaving millions dead for vultures to feed upon. Today, how a vast army dies in a sovereign work of God. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this message, our focus is on that time when the King destroys nations. God says, I'm going to cause problems from the earth below, huge earthquake. It's going to disrupt everything. I'm going to cause a judgment also not only from the earth below, but confusion within. When the earthquake happens, they're going to start to kill one another. And then if that isn't enough, God says, I'm going to rain down from heaven and I'm going to rain judgment on this army and they will be wiped out. Unbelievable. Because we're talking really, I think, if you put it together, about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. If you were to read chapter 39, which I'm sure you'll do after this message, you'll discover some more details about what happened. For one thing, it'll take seven months just to bury the dead. In fact, there's going to be a whole valley, and that valley is going to be filled with people, dead bodies, and it would even take longer than seven months were it not for the fact that the fowls of the air come and they take care of the people and they, uh, they eat and they, uh, the vultures come and eat human flesh. It's a gory story. It's a story of awesome judgment. There's something else, though, in the text that has puzzled us for a long time, and this leads me to the whole issue of weapons. You'll notice in 39, verse 9, it says, Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and make fires of the weapons and burn them, shields and bucklers, bow and arrows, clubs and spears, and they will make fires for them for seven years so that they will not need any wood. What in the world is going on there? How are you going to burn a spear or a club? I think that when it comes to the way in which Ezekiel got the vision, we need to understand something. That this vision came to him in a way that he was able to understand. Uh, All the, the vision came with horses and spears and so forth. Now, there are those who say that as a result of the fact that some judgments will have already happened on the earth, they'll have to revert to primitive methods of warfare because all of the modern methods may be paralyzed by huge attacks and by bombs and what have you. And the infrastructure needed to run modern weaponry could be wiped out. That's a possibility. The other possibility is that Ezekiel was seeing this in ways that were meaningful to him 2,500 years ago, meaningful to his own people. There is no way that God could have revealed to to Ezekiel uh, jet planes, Uh, bombs, missiles, 
So it's been suggested, and again, you know, we're only facing a text here, and it's only a suggestion that maybe these are unexploded bombs that take place, and they can get the uranium and the titanium from some of these weapons and use them for fuel. I don't know. All that I know is this, that God is talking here about a battle that clearly has never happened and that God is winning a huge victory and is going to wipe out, certainly, many of the countries that have sponsored terrorism, many of the countries that have officially proclaimed that there is no God, such as Russia, and those who have insulted Jesus Christ by claiming that he is not the Son of God, by claiming that he is not deity, by rejecting him. And Jesus said that if you don't know me, you don't know my Father. So I'd like to give you a couple of things to think about. First of all, I want you to look at the text and see very clearly the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. You know, God says regarding this coalition, he says, I'm going to put my hooks in your jaws and I'm going to bring you into my land, the mountains of Israel. What's that all about? God is able to work in such a way that people will voluntarily do what he wants them to do. I choose those words very carefully. If this were a classroom in theology, I'd expound on them for a long time. But God is able to direct the nations in such a way that they do it voluntarily. They have hatred for Israel. They want to finally wipe Israel off the map. And they do this, but uh, ultimately God says, I'm doing it. And will, he explains why in just a moment. We see here that God is sovereign. At the end of the day, we must always know that God is the one who has the nations in his hand. Isaiah said the nations of the earth are like the drop in a bucket. God looks at the nations, it says, as fine dust. That's all that they are. And when God has had enough, he can judge them in whatever way he wishes. The sovereignty of God. Secondly, as I look at this text, I see also very clearly the terror of God. The terror of God. You'll notice that God says in uh, chapter 38, I am against you, O Gog. He's talking about the leader of the coalition. I am against you. And here we see God just reigning judgment. Now, this judgment may offend our sensibilities, but it is interesting that when you read the book of Revelation, you see similar judgments. When we talk about the return of Christ and... I will be giving a message on the glorious return of Christ to be distinguished from the rapture. We're indicating that it comes in two stages. It says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. You know, the Jesus that is often presented, the Jesus that is so meek and mild, all that he talked about is love. That is true. Jesus is loving. But... Have we forgotten that God is a God of severe justice when finally he's had enough? And that's exactly what he says. This is what he says in chapter 39, verse 7. 
And my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel. I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. Tired of the atheism? I'm tired of being neglected. I'm tired of being denied. I am tired of being rejected in favor of another God who does not recognize my son. And so the nations will know I am the Lord. You can be sure that when this happens, people are going to say, you know, I think the Lord, I think he is God. You can be sure that's going to happen. Behold, it is coming, and it will be brought about, declares the Lord. That is the day of which I have spoken. So we have, first of all, the sovereignty of God. We have also the terror of God. You say, well, Pastor Lutzer, for us, what is really the bottom line here? What's the bottom line? I think we have to also see, in all of this judgment, we also have to see the mercy of God. God is merciful. You say, well, where's the mercy? First of all, in the countries that we have listed, there are many believers, and their place in heaven, of course, will be secured despite what happens here on earth. They will know that they belong to God. When we talk about these armies being destroyed, always understand that there are many people who are also worshipers of the true God. Some of them may even be in these armies. Certainly many of them may be left behind in their countries. God will show mercy to them. God will also show mercy to Israel. Do you know why this battle takes place? It's because God is preparing Israel to accept Jesus as the Messiah. And that will happen. And and God is bringing the nation into the land as indicated. God is bringing them to the point where they see his glory, preparing them for the glorious return of Christ. Actually, Israel deserves the same kind of judgment that these other people received. In fact, all of us do. But God is showing them mercy. When we talk about grace and God's grace, God's grace means that You and I are actually receiving forgiveness that we don't deserve. When we talk about mercy, we're speaking about God actually withholding judgment that we do deserve. And you and I deserve judgment. But the good news is that in Jesus we are exempt. Mercy has been shown. There is a story that a woman came to Napoleon and said to Napoleon, uh, would you pardon my son? You have the ability to do that. Napoleon said, he is not worthy to be pardoned. She said, I know he isn't worthy, but I am appealing to your mercy. And Napoleon says, he doesn't deserve mercy. And she accurately said, if he deserved mercy, he wouldn't need it. I'm asking for mercy. Today I want to ask you, have you received the mercy of God? What, a, what good is this message unless those of you who have never trusted Christ as Savior may do so? Unless you flee to him to receive mercy. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied for me. There my burdened soul found liberty 
at Calvary. The prophet prayed in wrath, and we see that here, remember mercy. And today we stand with the prophet and we call on God for mercy for ourselves and for others. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that as we have attempted to expound these awesome chapters, that you might help us be able to anticipate what shall take place, but also to cry to you in the midst of a world that has lost its way. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I can't help but think that many of you grew up in a church that taught you that salvation is of grace, but you have to make yourself worthy of it. I want you to know, it's very important, that grace is for the unworthy. No matter who you are, you come to him. I've written a book entitled, The King is Coming. For a gift of any amount, this book can be yours. I want to emphasize that the subtitle is 10 Events That Will Change Our Future Forever. I want you to have a copy. It'll help you on your spiritual journey. That was Erwin Lutzer wrapping up The King Destroys Nations, another in a 10-part series of messages on The King is Coming. The return of Jesus in glory will rivet the attention of every eye on earth. Next time, how history will culminate in a spectacular appearance, ending millennia of wrongs and ushering in a thousand years of peace. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to offerrtw.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. For Dr. Erwin Lutzer, this is Dave McAllister. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.